Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Great to have you with us on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Carol and Keeger in a few moments. The Lady Line basketball team getting ready for the upcoming season. Uh, tomorrow is the day. Uh, Pennsylvania will go back to practice today. They didn't practice yesterday. Uh, tomorrow will be the day that they're allowed to go to full pads for the first time. It's also the day that in the Big Ten that across the board, uh, daily testing will take place beginning tomorrow in the conference. So that's what's happening on the football front. Uh, baseball, uh, tomorrow will be the day that the agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball will expire. Major League Baseball will just let it expire. We can tell you that you know they talk about how 40... Uh, two teams will be eliminated. We can tell you 10 of them right now. That will not be affiliated. So it's going down to 32 now. Uh, that uh, we're still waiting for the fate. Uh, the Appalachian League, all 10 teams in the Appalachian League, which, by the way, are owned by Major League Affiliates, will transition to a college wooden bat league. So all 10 teams in the Appalachian League will transition to a college wooden bat league. Uh, so now that's 10 that are off the board. So now it's down to 32, and we'll find out uh, it has to be soon. It's got to be within the month. People have to start planning as to what they're doing. But uh, So we've been keeping track of this because we know Williamsport is important. We know State College is important. Uh, Altoona is going to be safe. So is Redding. Redding's owned by the Phillies. Uh, they'll be safe in all this, but you know there are others who are waiting to find out what their fate happens to be. All right, Lady Lion basketball uh, season is scheduled to begin, or they're allowed to start playing on November 25th. Full 20-hour-a-week uh, deal with practices will start on the 14th, and right now they're in a 12-hour-a-week uh, grind. Uh, Carolyn Keeger, the head coach of the Lady Line basketball team, into her second year. Carolyn, it is great to hear you on the other end of the phone. Thanks for joining us. It's been too long. It's been way too long, and now we have a lot to talk about. So let's get to this part off off the bat. Uh, you have a little more leeway with this. Uh, you get to go to full 20-hour a week on October 14th, but what has it meant getting some extra time to get to 12 hours a week right now? You know, it's just phenomenal to get on the court with, with our young women. It's been such a unique experience, you know, over the last six months. And you have so many new faces, so the time to teach and the time to be on there growing and, and working on our, you know, our bodies and getting in shape and working on our culture. It's, I mean, this time that we have is going to be so important, especially when, you know, the, the season came out with those dates here the last uh, week. So now we have an end date. We have a goal. So to be able to have more time in the gym with our young woman is, is phenomenal and we're using every single second we can can you sense in the early going with a, a revamped roster that you're seeing some chemistry you were hoping to see absolutely you know this group we have 13 new players you know two of those came from um, our team last year that weren't able to play because of injuries or transfers uh, then we had three transfers come in and eight freshmen so with such a, a new group 
you know, you always wonder how that's going to come to be and come, uh, you know, how they're going to gel together. But going through adversity, going through what we've been through right now, I couldn't ask for a better group. You know, they're they're all in. They're bought in. They're learning and growing together. They want to know about each other's backgrounds. They want to know about what makes each other tick. They want to support each other on and off the floor. And it's just been phenomenal to see how quickly they've grown as a unit uh, in such a short time. Carolyn, there's a certain style you want to play. Do you feel now within a year you've started to make the transition player-wise to the style you'd like to play based on the people you now have? I do, Steve. I'm really excited about our roster. You know, we signed a top 20 class for our first class of, of freshmen coming in. We added some, some great pieces to the puzzle who you know, have great court vision, who can push tempo, who can score at all three levels. And, you know, the biggest thing that, that we need to fix from, from last year to this year is, you know, just, just being able to take care of the ball on time, on target passes, that vision, that unselfish play, and then being able to knock down outside shots. And I think we absolutely filled those holes you know, with, with our recruiting class. And, you know, we're, we're going to be able to stretch the floor or we're going to have shooters uh, at, at every point of the court this year, which is going to be so fun to watch, so fun to coach, and for them, so fun to play. So I'm excited. Big step in the right direction for our program and for our recruiting class. And I'm just excited to see how they all gel together, to be honest. It, it's going to be fun. What has your staff meant to what has been a most unusual offseason? Uh, they're uh, my rock. They're our program's rock. They're just amazing people who do it for the right reason. You know, there's so much going on right now, adversity-wise, not only with COVID-19, but social justice issues. And they have my back, they have the players' backs, and they have Penn State's interests at the forefront of their mind at all times. Um, and when you have that, you know, that's, that's what makes group special. That's what makes going to work uh, fun. That's what, you know, really ignites programs is when you have that chemistry not only from the players, but from the staff. And, and I'm lucky that, you know, my staff is veteran. They've been, some of them have been with me for years. The ones that, you know, were new last year, our chemistry is clicking. We're way better as a staff than we were, you know, even 12 months ago. And uh, I'm excited to see what this group can do as a unit. You touched on social justice during that answer, Carolyn. How proud of you of your the young woman in your program that they want to be socially active, but at the same time socially active in, in, in proper directions like voter registration. Yeah, I'm so, I mean, I'm so proud of what they've done in, in a short time here for um, our Ignite the Pride challenge, as you will. We, we really want to um, ignite change as we took it one step further. You know, our, our hash day for our season last year was Ignite the Pride, and when stuff came um, after George Floyd. Uh, you know, murder and, and whatnot, our team came together and we said, we, we got to do something as a team. We want to unite together and we want to fight for change. And we don't just want to talk the talk, we want to walk the walk. And, you know, the first thing that we decided to do and our, our team came up with it, you know, our players on the fifth of every month because George Floyd wore number five in college that we were going to have an actual action step. Um, so first one, we had a candle lighting and our whole team registered to vote and encouraged others to do it. We designed bracelets to pass out to our athletic department um, with, you know, just one team that we say all the time, and Black Lives Matter. And uh, We watched the movie The 13th together as a team, and then we encouraged other student-athletes and staffs to watch it. And we actually had um, a team Zoom call with the women's soccer where we talked about it and talked about issues and ways we can get better and grow and make other people around us better. So it's been just to sit back as a coach and see your young women develop as leaders 
And um, as people who want to fight for what's right, it's it's what it's all about. And it's way bigger than basketball. It's way bigger than Penn State. It's way bigger than State College. This is something that we, we need to fight for them, and they need to have a platform to use their voice in a positive manner. On March 12th, uh, everything shut down athletically, and when it came to spring break, you know, the students, I mean, except to maybe get their belongings out of their apartments, uh, that's the last time they were on campus. So in order to stay in shape, not everybody has the same uh, facilities to work with at home. So what were some of the more unusual workouts that you heard about from your student-athletes to make sure they stayed in shape? Steve, it was across the board. You name it, from uh, in the gyms with their their moms, five pound weights, to uh, in the gym with you know their brothers or sisters or, or, or trainers. You know, it was all across the board. To running laps at their high school track, to you know getting into a basket without a net on it at a park. I mean, they, they had to really be creative and uh, go back old school, as you will, and uh, we were able to send them some equipment, like sandbags, that they could be versatile with and do different exercises and some pull-up and chin-up bars, and uh, they went uh, Rocky style. They, they, they were training like uh, he was in the, you know Rocky Five there, and uh, they, they did a great job keeping their bodies in shape, and it's great to be back as a team to be able to be training together, but they weathered the storm, and they did a great job. Once you were able to get them back on campus, what did you notice right away, summer-wise, in terms of the workouts you were able to get in? The first thing that I noticed was just our ability to have vision and pass and shoot the ball differently than we have before. We've been spending a ton of time on defense as a staff and as a program. Uh, That was something that we really need to improve on and really pack the paint. We're going to be undersized this year, so just coming up with you know creative ways to keep the ball outside of the paint and pack the paint, and um, kind of changing our defensive philosophy a little bit more to pack line defense. Uh, so it's been you know a, a lot of work and a lot of time in the off season in terms of you know really prepping and figuring out what's going to work for this team and in our conference. You talked about pack line defense. One of the keys to pack line defense is not speed; it's quickness. How quick do you feel you are so you can get from point A to point B in that straight line to make the pack line more more effective? Well, I think the best thing is we're going to be interchangeable. You know, we've we got people that are positionless and can guard multiple positions, guard multiple levels of scores. And I think what's going to be the best part of it, yes, we'll be quicker laterally. Yes, we'll be quicker in the gaps. But we're going to have teammates behind them that kind of understand the game, has a high defensive IQ so if we do get beat, we're plugging gaps and we're, you know, picking up for our teammates' mistakes, and that I think is, is going to be really fun because you know that's the whole thing of the pack line is you got to have and trust your teammates behind you to have your back so you can be up there to pressure the ball. And um, I'm excited to play a different level of defense this year than we were able to last year. Top one of the top-rated recruiting classes in the country that you're you're bringing in. So now you've had a first look at them, but you're also continuing to to recruit. When you see the combinations of what you can do currently with the with the recruiting class you have, and then what you're considering and hoping to bring in, what kind of positional balance do you think you'll be able to get just out of two recruiting classes? You know, it, it's such a different roster than we had, and we brought in a lot of size from the guard spot. Um, might not have that post player this year. We got one coming in next year. Um, not allowed to say names, but we got a big post player coming in the following year that'll really help us inside. Um, this year, we got longer, bigger guards that will really create length for us and 
So I feel like our roster starting to balance out. We've got a couple great transfers to the mix as well to add to that freshman class. You know, Janasia Cash was a double-double machine at SMU. She's got a pro body. Um, you know, her, her aunt was one of the best players to ever play the game in Twin Cash, and she's a very similar athlete to her, Wiry. She's going to make us drastically better um, next season when she's able to play. She'll sit out this year, but a lot of pieces to add to the puzzle that are coming. Um, that when you start to look back as a draft board or as a recruiting depth chart, it's starting to fall into place of, of how we wanted it. And obviously that takes time as you're building a program. But I love the direction that our, our staff has, has got us rolling in and uh, continue to be really creative with virtual tours right now online. We're not able to have recruits on campus until for sure after January 1. So we've been doing a ton of stuff online and you know, being on TikTok, being virtual campus visits and Adobe Spark pages. So we're uh, we're expanding our palette, Steve, in terms of uh, how to use technology. <laughs> Did you ever dream, Carolyn, that this is how you'd have to do it? None of us have dreamed this, but have you ever dreamed you'd have to do it this way? Hey, champions adjust, Steve. So uh, everyone in the world right now is going through a hard times. So I'm just thankful to be around such a great crew and a family environment and Never thought it would be this way, but, you know, at the same time, adversity makes us stronger, and we grow when we're uncomfortable. And there's definitely a lot of uh, people who are uncomfortable in our program right now for many different reasons, but uh, we welcome that, and whenever there's adversity, we say good. So uh, bring it on. <laughs> exactly, bring it on. I have to do one fun element from the off season. I have to bring in because uh, Jason Hare, who was the producer – of Last Dance was actually spoke to Penn State's College of Communications on Wednesday night. So oh, wow. talk about irony. I got goosebumps. I know. So the Facebook Live before the last episode. I know Dick Girardi and I were at the end. We're, we're which is known in the business as filler. <laughs> <laughs> but you were prime time in talking about all all this. What was it like for you to watch those 10 parts? Because you were really into every phase of it. Yeah. I mean, well, for me, that's that was my guy. That's who I grew up, you know, <laughs> idolizing. I mean, I was Jordan to the max. I had Bulls everything. Um, you name it, I had it. And he, he was our Kobe Bryant of that area. He was our LeBron James. So I think the neatest thing – for me was to watch our players watch it because they, they obviously heard about Jordan. They know the shoes, they know the brand, they know the, you know, how iconic he was, but they never really got to feel his competitive savageness, you know, just how ruthless <laughs> of a competitor he was. So for them to see that it was neat, you know, even for them to see how Rodman was just such a role player, you know, <laughs> nowadays you don't necessarily have guys like that who will do anything and anything for the betterment team. You know, I mean, there's people left and right, you know, that are on great NBA rosters right now. But to see someone like Rodman just sacrificing himself is, is amazing. Um, so it was really cool to, to watch. And then, obviously, it brings you back to uh, when, when you're 12 years old, you know, shooting hoops in your backyard, trying to trying to be like Mike and, and everything like that. So pretty amazing. And I love that they brought it out earlier for all of us during quarantine. That was a special treat. So shout-out to ESPN for that. Yeah. Jordan, by the way, did play against Penn State he, in his freshman season when they won the national championship. Um, he scored 10 points, Cable Car Classic, and Penn State lost in overtime 56-50. So there you go. Wow. That's a good stat, Steve. I love it. There you go. You gotta, you gotta keep, hey, if you want to connect to college communications and connect long time ago Penn State hoops to whatever, you, you got to do it. And I want can't wait to connect with Lady Line basketball this season because – 
the good times are just beginning. So I'm looking forward Absolutely. to it. Thank yep. you so much for your time. It was great talking with you, catching up. It's been too long. Absolutely, Steve. Appreciate you. Ever- Lady Lion head basketball coach Carolyn Keeger. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Final gun goes on. Shikalemi is one. Wearing a white jacket. Walking out of the press box. And now swinging it above his head. Yes, indeed. It is the suit. What? Also can see that. I'm just trying to lighten your mood. Because right now, you're just, I mean, (laughs) you're a bear. Well, you know what? I, I feel better... Because I saw good football last night. Again, what's the problem with the Ravens? The Ravens' last two losses have had the same pattern. The Ravens are a team that a critical part of their formula, and as I I pointed this out after the Tennessee game last year, they are a team that must play with the league. And what happened was Kansas City built a lead, and now Baltimore needs to come back. Not their M.O. All right, we'll talk about the Titans situation. Three players, five staff members testing positive, and what it does for the Steelers game. I say, believe it or not, it does nothing for the Steelers game. They're going to play. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 to 15 in Hummel's Ward. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Yeah, maybe it's what you prefer, or maybe your budget says that's the best way to go. They go through it with a fine-tooth comb, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, so Tennessee had three players and five staff members test positive for COVID. They've gone through the second round of testing. They tested positive again. So the Titans are closing down their facility until Saturday. That doesn't mean they're not doing anything. Just like, for example, when, I mean, let's take, for example, New Orleans, Tennessee, maybe Carolina, all the Florida teams, Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa Bay, they all have hurricane contingencies. Okay, something happens, the facility's closed, where do we go? Right. It's the same thing with this. They have a contingency. They can get you know, if they if they go through and they find, for example, negative, 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 they can get out and practice someplace. They just can't practice in, in the facility. And why do you bother having the expanded practice squad? Why bother? 
it's not COVID-related, but look how many times now in three weeks the San Francisco 49ers have had to dip into their practice squad. They've had to do it because of injuries. I rarely will shake my head and disagree with a guest, but when we had Jim Jackson on, I did. When we asked him about you know when the Phillies weren't playing, I said, well, what about the group in Lehigh Valley? Oh, no, it'd be unfair to the Phillies. All right, how fair was it for the Steelers to play without Ben Roethlisberger last year? Unfortunately, that happens. How fair? How unfair is it for the Giants to play without Saquon Barkley? They're not very good to begin with. He's the best shot they had. And I know this. You know, this is obviously more uh, contagious than the flu, and can have in some cases more serious cases uh, in terms of like how deep the case can be compared to the flu but how many times I mean all the games I've done in my life you know how many guys have missed games because of the flu sometimes it spreads through an entire team that's what you know you don't want to sit there if it's three guys and they isolate it to three guys you play He's got all these other people there. I'm watching Seattle and Dallas on Sunday. You know the number of times I heard Joe Buck reference this guy a week ago was on their practice squad? Probably five, six times on both teams. That's why they're there. And that's... I just wanted to... That's why you're asking me, do I think they'll play? The answer is yes, I do think they'll play. As long as it sticks to a relatively small circle, they'll play. If it, if it, if it turns into an outbreak, they can't play. But if it's in a relatively small circle, right now it's three players, then I think they play. The Vikings, by the way, also have had, because they play Tennessee, they've had to... They're retesting everybody to make sure. They've got Houston this weekend. And for the Steelers, Steelers are going to have to play the waiting game on this in getting ready for it. And that's where it is. So this is the first time the NFL's had to actually deal with this. These aren't false positives. They've, they've been tested twice. So they're they're positive, positive. But all eight people, including the three players, are asymptomatic. All eight individuals, including the three players, all of them are asymptomatic. Notre Dame, meanwhile, linked their outbreak to the team meal and then a player vomiting on the sideline. Graphic as it may sound. The... Um, Notre Dame, by the way, went back to practice today. Dallas Goddard has a small ankle fracture for the Eagles. And he was placed on injured reserve today. He'll have to miss at least three weeks. 
The Philadelphia signed Akeem Butler off the Carolina Panthers practice squad. They plan to move him to tight end. Matt found this to be an encouraging sign. (laughs) Deshaun Jackson, hamstring injury. Considered day-to-day, but then again, aren't we all? Jalen Rager. UCL tear in his thumb. Meanwhile, Alshon Jeffrey may be able to play. Finally. Oh, you're so bitter. <laughs> you get a sniffle, you're out. I mean, come on. Baseball playoffs, two games are underway. Target field, Minnesota leads the Astros 1-0 top of the fourth. White Sox lead Oakland 1-0 bottom of the second. You know, it's interesting in a season where you can't be banging on trash cans how the Astros team batting average went to 240 this year. I found that interesting. Didn't we all? Just want to make sure all of you knew I was paying attention. And by the way, uh, Nelson Cruz doubled in the Twins game, and uh, he knocked in Max Kepler. So that's the run that the Twins have put on the board. They're, and it's in the fourth inning. They're up one nothing. The White Sox, the right fielder, Adam Engel, homered. He only had three homers in 36 games. He homered in this one. Although he did homer against the Cubs on Sunday, so he's on a roll. Tomorrow, James Franklin will have his press conference. I think what you'll find is a coach that, uh, obviously, like every other coach has had to adapt. It's a season unlike any other. He is very much a man of routine. He has had to change his routine to try and make this work. They didn't practice yesterday, by the way. Monday, he does not practice on Mondays. They are practicing today. They'll go inside to Haluba Hall because it's finally raining here. So they'll go into a Haluba Hall today. And then tomorrow will be the first day they put pads on, which will be a watershed moment because... They did 10 walkthroughs, four preseason practices, 14 skill instructions, and today is practice number six. The one thing that all of those have in common, and it comes out to be, what, 14, what, 29? What they have in common? No full pads. Tomorrow will be the first time in full pads. So there, there's the plus for you. And what he has right now is uh, a football team that has some depth. That makes it's going to make a big difference. I'll tell you where the, where the depth really is going to show up. It's on the offensive line. When you have Rasheed Walker, Will Fries, Mike Miranda, C.J. Thorpe, Michael Mennett, Juice Scruggs, Anthony Wigan, Caden Wallace. Uh, Bryce Eflin and Des Holmes. Des Holmes is invaluable. 
and Dez Holmes, you have a an offensive line for the first time in his tenure. For the first time. He has a two-deep situation at every spot in the offensive line. I've said it once, I've said it probably a hundred times, because, I mean, this is the ninth year of the show. So this being the ninth year of the show, we go back to all the sanctions. In fact, we started doing this show before there were sanctions leveled against Penn State. And I have to tell you, as wrong as that was, and it was wrong. Uh, So, when this happened, I said, look, I did a lot of research on this, on people who had gone, on on programs that had gone through sanctions. And the research kept showing up the same way all the time. The area that takes the longest to rebuild after you go through something like that is the offensive line. USC, for example, was locked in at 75 scholarships for a long period of time, 75. And if you notice, USC for years, they've had a couple of really good offensive linemen, but not great offensive lines. You know, maybe they can turn out a Zach Banner or somebody like that. They can do that. And when Christian Hackenberg led the nation being sacked 103 times in a three-year span. Second on that list with 100 sacks was Cody Kessler of USC. That tells you about trying to rebuild an offensive line. The... And now James Franklin and he and his staff a lot of work. A lot of work. To get to this point to have, you know, and you go to the third group. The guys in the third group are not ready to play. So let's not fool ourselves here. But you see some potential with some guys in that third group where you're like, okay, you know what? They'll move up at some point, then it'll be their turn. Go from there. Now there's one other point I want to make about this. There's a lot of conversation, and justifiably so, about, well, you can play everybody this year, no penalty uh, on, on it being a year. So all the freshmen can play all 10 games, including the bowl game. And they still are at the same spot that they were this year. In terms of being in the class. No four-game rule this year. Please do not expect that of everybody. Please do not. Don't. There's an old saying that I will steal directly from someone who said this to, this to me and others maybe a hundred times. Joe Paterno always told me, I'd rather play a guy a game too late than a game too early. And that still holds now. Yes, even though they all may be available to play, 
there are some that no matter what, right now, they're not ready to play. And then there will be others that are ready to play and contribute, maybe even limited ways. Use them. All right. Take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you, the other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Neil Kulong, next half hour, we'll get into the Tennessee Steelers situation. Now that Tennessee's had three players test positive plus five staff members, all, by the way, asymptomatic. But still, even asymptomatic means it, it comes with protocols. What does that mean? Look, you test the other forty-three. You do it. You do it. You know, today you do it again. Tomorrow they go negative. You play. If it becomes an outbreak, then you have to make a different decision. Tomorrow, James Franklin will have his press conference, as will. Brent Pry, Kirk Shiraka, Joe Lorg. To talk about the upcoming season, and tomorrow's the first day that they are scheduled to put pads on. Tomorrow's also the first day across the board that daily testing begins for student-athletes in the Big Ten. And I've talked a lot of football here in the last half hour. I've been doing, uh, I mean, college football. I've been trying to avoid the Eagles thing because Matt's a little uneasy right now. <laughs> yeah, the injuries just keep on coming, as you mentioned before. Injuries aren't their problem. Well, there's a bigger problem there. than that. Yes, of course. <sighs> Fan base. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I can name plenty of others before the fan base. Oh, you're just not a fun guy to be around these days. Yeah. I got I mean, I talked to the suit for a half hour on the phone last night. He was actually fun to talk to. He was in a good mood, the whole deal. Well, this team's 3-0. and We should be happy. Sure, the Phils didn't make the playoffs, but you know what? Move on. The Phillies, uh... No offense, they kind of blew it. Once again, yeah. I mean, Milwaukee got there. 
between Milwaukee got that. So, all right. Uh, let's see. So Notre Dame is back practicing. The Vikings, by the way, shut down their facility because they played Tennessee. They don't have anybody that's tested positive that we know of. Yeah, Adam Schefter said, according to the protocols, to, to allow have to. for more testing and, and stuff like that. This is for the Titans-Steelers game. He said they, to allow more testing for the Titans and Steelers and still play the game, they might move it to Monday night. Right. Could be a Monday night game. And, and what is the Monday night game supposed to be, man? It's supposed to be Falcons-Packers, so that'll be a safe Oh, good. To be no, no, right. no. Are you, are you kidding me? Oh, I mean, I'd sit gosh. there right now and go, oh, this would be a savior. Yes. And then, yes. What do you think of the Monday night broadcast team so far? I think they're solid. I I, I think they're just real. I mean, they're, they're nothing like crazy, you know, that, that's noteworthy or whatever. But you know what? They're, they're right down to the game. They flow really well. You can tell that Steve Levy, Brian Greasy continue their chemistry from when they did college football together. And Lewis Ray is the best in the business, or one of them in my opinion, and he flows right in. So I think they're doing a great job. They finally found a good core, I think. But it's hard to hear them. They got to kill the crowd noise and kill the the mics, the on-field mics, because you can barely hear the announcers, especially Steve Levy. Yeah. But I like them so far overall. I thought they did a nice job last night. I think so far they're okay. It's the only game you have. The only game you have. So. And that's been part of ESPN's problem. Hopefully, if they have a good year with the booth, then maybe they'll start to get better games again. Well, I mean, they had Kansas City, Baltimore last night. How much better do you want them to have? Right, but that's really the only good game they're really going to have this year. Like, the, like, like we mentioned, they have the Falcons and the Packers next week. They have the Chargers and the Saints a few weeks from now. They'll have Eagles-Redskins, which right now doesn't look like a great matchup. I mean... What do you mean? It's a rematch of the opener. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, God, America is riveted. I mean, you're a soap opera. People want to watch you right now. Let's watch that. It's like watching the train derail in The Fugitive. You know what? That's true. All right. Brett Rippon, Mark Rippon's son, is now the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. They're down to their third guy. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kierwitz 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf.